0: Thinking Leadership Podcast. I'm Jude Jennison, founder of Leaders by Nature, and in this podcast I interview leaders on their experiences of leading change, the challenges they faced and how they overcame them. I'm interested in exploring how we lead disruptive change in a way that has a positive benefit for employees, business and society. In other words, how do we be more human and relational in our leadership and make a difference? Disruptive change creates uncertainty and this week's guest has some great tips to help navigate uncertainty. If you'd like some more ideas on how to lead through uncertainty, you can download a report on nine top tips to lead through uncertainty from my website at www.leadwithjude.com. Tara Rule is the Senior Director of Commercial Strategy Go-to-Market and Operations at Adobe responsible for looking at how Adobe makes smart commercial decisions. Tara manages to juggle her full-time role as a director in a fast-paced global business with launching a leadership program, being a working mum as well as a professional coach and probably many other things as well. She talks about the importance of curiosity in leadership, the power of having a positive mindset without sugarcoating reality and how we need to look after our teams and so much more. Have a listen. Hi, Tara. Thanks for joining me today. Oh, thank you. Good to be here. Can you tell us who you are and what you do,
1: please? Absolutely. So my name is Tara Rule and I work at Adobe. I'm a senior director there. And my, my job title is Senior Director Commercial Strategy Go-To-Market and Operations. Um, and what that is, it's really about how do we make smart commercial decisions to run our business What are the levers that we have in our control in order to be more effective, be more profitable, but also be a good business as well? Um, So I work at Adobe on the creative and the document cloud side of the business. So basically, if you were to buy any app through Adobe, whether it be Photoshop or Rush or Spark um, or Acrobat, that's all the things that we sell across the whole of EMEA, so Europe, Middle East, and Africa. So it's quite a full-on job. I lead a team of about thirty people, and number of different elements that we get into, all sorts of different things, which is really, really quite exciting. I think the thing I love most about my job is that no no two days are the same. And even when I start, it's a Monday morning today, um, and I may well have my plan of what I want to get done and what my diary looks like, but I guarantee by the end of the week, it will have been completely different to what I had planned. Um, So it's really kind of fast paced and exciting, which I love.
0: So you're it sounds like you're a creative person. In a technology-based organization, how like tell me how how does that work for you, and how yeah. do you make that work for the business?
1: Yeah, so um, for me, I'd say the biggest thing that I love doing is creative in a slightly different sense, which is about people. So how do I how do I help our people to be better? How do I help our people to deliver more, to go over and above? So. I'm also a professional coach. I got qualified as a coach a few years ago, which was a, a massive, massive step for me personally to do, which I, um, I, one of those things, you know, when you go one day, one day I'll do coaching, one day I'll, I'll get qualified. And it's always a one day, one day. And then I joined Adobe and I was like, do you know what? Today I'm going to do it. So I got qualified as a coach, which is fantastic. So it means that not only do I have my day job, but I can also help other people and, and coach other people and bring people along on the journey as well.
0: Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I have some experience of that, because when I worked for IBM, I coached for a, about, I qualified as a coach, and I coached for about four years um, before wow. I eventually left and set up my, my own business. And nice. um, how, how has coaching shaped you as a leader then?
1: Yeah, I think um, it's been a massive thing. I used to think that I was a coach. For years, I've gone, oh, I've got a real coaching style. Um, And then I realized, actually, I'm really good at giving advice. (laughs) Giving advice and coaching are very, very different things. They're kind of of similar, but but very different. So for a long time, I, I know I have an opinion. I have a strong opinion. I can be in a meeting about anything. And whether I'm a subject matter expert or whether it's a completely new topic, if someone says, Tara, what do you think? I will have an opinion. And actually the the coaching style is a bit more around, well, it's not necessarily about my opinion, because just because I have an opinion might not mean that it's the right answer. So my leadership style has really changed over the years to help people figure out what the right answer is. So asking questions around what do we, what do we want things to look like? What does success look like? What do we want to achieve? What could it look like? Actually asking much more open questions in my leadership style. I think means that the team as a whole is going to be so much more successful than me going, hey, I think I know all the answers. Um, Because I don't, nobody does.
0: No, and nobody really likes that person that knows all the answers either do they. And and, you know, what I'm hearing with, with that is that real balance between, it's great to have an opinion because sometimes amidst the noise and particularly when there's uncertainty and actually we don't know which way to go, sometimes we need somebody to say, right, let's do this and be decisive and directive so there's a time and a place for that and what I'm hearing is that you're now balancing that and adding on to that with curiosity and um and how do we how do we explore this in a different way and what's going to work for you rather than what do I think yeah do you think um we need more curiosity as we're as we're leading and we're still leading through uncertainty and I think we always will do you think curiosity is a skill that is needed more and and probably underrated
1: yeah it's interesting because we didn't prep this at all but curiosity is a really really important word I had a talent review with my team it was a couple of years ago now And we were going through every single person in our team and doing a talent review going, where do they sit from a potential and performance point of view? And we were looking at those top few people that we really went, yeah, these people are are, are absolute stars. And we were going, I have quite an analytical sort of team. And we're going, what is it? What is it that means that those people are different? And curiosity was the word that came out. It was having curiosity that really made those few people absolutely shine. Mm. And whether it's around curiosity as to well, why do you want me to do something or how can we make it better? You know, curiosity can mean so many different things, but I think curiosity is, is so important. Um, I find it quite sad when people just do stuff because they've been told to do it. Or why, why are you doing it? I don't know. My boss told me really Um, and actually I think the more curious you are the more you ask questions and the more you can kind of tap into your why am I doing it Simon Sinek talks about you know what is your why actually you've got to be curious Mm -hmm. in the first place to even want to find out what your why is Um, and yeah I think I think curiosity is a massive massive part
0: well and also it helps us I mean we're you know we're very polarized as a society today and I don't know whether that shows up in for you in business as well and I'm sure it does in in some way and 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 actually when we've got those polarized views the one thing that tends to get forgotten is curiosity that tends we tend to switch to a I'm right you're wrong point of view and nobody wins with that no so how do how do you encourage how do you encourage curiosity in those moments where we have got differences of opinion i'm sure you have those at work mm, no absolutely um
1: so one of the things i was thinking about coming into this session was about leadership and the different qualities of leadership and one of the things that i wrote down about myself was it's not about being right or wrong mm. so i mentioned earlier i have an opinion but if somebody comes in and goes Actually, here's some information that will change your opinion. I am more than happy to go. Yep, I'm changing my mind, and I will do that in front of an audience. Mm-hmm. It's not a no. No, no I've stated, stated something in front of 20 people, and therefore I can't back down. Actually, when you hear more information, new information, you go, "Wow, I'm gonna change my, my change my opinion." And mm-hmm. and and it's not about backing down mm-hmm. because actually, I don't think it's about a win lose situation. I think it's about win win. So if you mm. think about negotiation, negotiation is how do you find a win-win for both people? It's mm. not how do you find one winner and one loser? Because really, that's not a great negotiation. Mm. Um, so I think having the, I don't know whether the words comfort or security or the inner confidence mm. to change your mind, I think is is an absolute key thing when it comes to leadership.
0: Well, and the humility as well, isn't it? It's that humility to know that you you don't have all of the answers. And I think more and more, we're finding that the, the leaders who are shining aren't necessarily the ones who've got all the answers. They're the ones who are curious. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I know you said that you're, you're a coach. Um, tell me more about what kind of a coach you are and what, and what inspires you to want to coach people.
1: Yeah. Um, so I would say I'm the kind of coach... That properly listens. I I think my coaching style is potentially quite different to how I show up most of the time. So, most of the time, I'm happy to talk, I have an opinion, and I'm quite animated. And I was actually coaching somebody recently who said to me that they felt like I was actually listening to them.
0: Mm.
1: So, I wasn't asking them questions so that I could give an opinion or tell them what I think that they should do. I was listening to them and they found themselves telling me stuff that they'd never said out loud before. You know, they said they'd, they'd not told their partner, but they would not actually even said it to themselves. Mm. So I think I'm the sort of coach that gives people space to reflect and to, to think. I think so often if you say to somebody, Oh, how are you? I go, yeah, yeah I'm fine. You know, how are you really? And if somebody actually listens Mm. and wants to know the answer, people kind of open up, um, open up to the other person, but they also open up to themselves. So I think I'm the sort of coach that gives people space, gives people time to reflect, but I also help people see the positives. So I'm a big believer in positivity heard once if you could wish your kids one thing wish them positivity and I absolutely kind of hold on to that so my coaching style is also helping shine the light of the language people use mm-hmm. especially if people are using quite negative language
0: mm-hmm. just
1: holding the the mirror up and going right these are the words you said um or likewise if people have said positive words actually saying it back to them because sometimes we'll say things but we don't truly, truly believe it. And actually, I love replaying to people saying this is the language you used um, and helping people leave a leave a session. And whether it's a one on one coaching session or whether it's in a team meeting, there's many different ways that coaching can come out. Actually, having people at the end, enthusiastic and motivated and wanting to do something different or more mm-hmm. um, that. Yeah, that's really important.
0: So how do you balance like, using positive language with being honest and authentic? Because if, if, we, if we see language as, as important, and I think it is, mm. and, it, and it can be very inspiring, how do we make sure that it's real and that it's not just bluff and, and, and nonsense?
1: Yeah. So um, if I think of my values, one of my values is about honesty. And it's really important that I'm honest and I care about people. So I think you're right, actually, just saying to people, oh, you did a great job. And it, if, if they didn't, that's not going to help them. Mm. But at the same time, if somebody's gone, oh, it was awful, I absolutely bombed, I didn't, if they get into that negative spiral, I also don't think that's helpful. Mm. So instead of lying to person and going, no, 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 don't be silly, you did an absolutely fantastic job. That's not what it's about. It's about helping them figure out. So, was there one thing that you're proud of?
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. Okay. Hang on to that. Like, and help them get that. They get the energy about that. Or if there's nothing, if it really was an absolute disaster, whatever it was, going, okay. So, what do you wish you could do differently? And how could you do it? So, it can be the switching the mindset about the positive language going forward. Mm-hmm. It's not just about glossing things up that have happened in the
0: past. Yeah. And
1: um, so I think, yeah, having that that trust and um, being honest with people is is really important as well.
0: Yeah, I think so, because, you know, we, t- we talk about toxic positivity, don't we? And, mm. and there's that sense of, you know, when you put a positive spin on everything, then there's a danger that it's not real and that you're squashing what's really going on. What I'm hearing you talk about is actually acknowledging Yes, maybe you didn't do a great job there. So, what's the learning from that? And how do you, and and turning it into what can you take from it and Mm. building building on people's strengths? So, so there's something here around being honest to acknowledge what's actually happening and then looking for what are the strengths and the positive ways of of inspiring and moving people forward. Yeah, absolutely. I'm kind of smiling to myself as
1: well because
0: I do all the time, I
1: always see the positive and um, even this morning i decided right i'm back on it i'm back on the fitness i'm back on joe wicks and i took some photos of myself the before pictures this morning and i've looked at them and gone oh god that's really not good and i could sit there and go oh this is really depressing look and I, and actually i said out loud to my husband i went yeah but i'm only going to get fitter and better mm. so again it's not glossing mm. it and mm. saying oh it's all positive but it's going right okay so this is now and now moving forward it's going to be positive.
0: It's having a growth mindset, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. So I know that um, you're also a working mum and you're a real advocate for working mums. Tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, absolutely. So I
1: have um, I've worked for a long time now in corporate life, so I had 11 years at O2 and five years now at Adobe and I've got two young children, so they are eight and 11. And I made the conscious decision when my eldest was born that I did want to work full time. And it's amazing the mum guilt that goes with that. And I remember being stood on the playground um, doing school pickup, which I didn't do that often. And I was doing school pickup, and they went, oh, could you, does your company not allow you to work part-time? And I went, oh, no, no, I, I couldn't, I, I wouldn't be allowed to work part-time. And I reflected on it afterwards because I thought, well, that's a lie. It's not that my company wouldn't allow me. It's that I'd made a conscious decision that I wanted to work full-time. Mm-hmm. But in that moment, when somebody calls you out, you go, oh my, god, oh, right, I, I now feel really guilty. Um, which I think it's fascinating I think so many working mums give up we give ourselves a hard time and working mums whether you're working a couple of hours a week helping out with a PTA or whether you're working part-time or full-time we've all got that balance going on
0: mm-hmm. um, and we're
1: all trying to juggle a thousand different things and we're all giving ourselves a really really hard time a lot of the time um so I feel like I'm quite fortunate that I've built a successful career um, my husband works full time as well. We've brought up two young children. We're not afraid to ask for help, um, which I think is really important. And actually now I'm at a stage where I'm going, how do I help more people? How do mm-hmm. I help more busy working mums? So I've actually just started up a, a Facebook group. Um, so I've got a Facebook group called Busy to Balanced which is helping busy working mums to grow in confidence and take control of their careers. Oh, so fantastic. that's, yeah, it's it's new um, and I'm loving it. Literally, the, when people are pinging me, either direct messages or texting me that are friends going, I love it, just really refreshing because I try to be honest. Um, being a full-time working mum isn't about going, I do it all, and I do it all perfectly. It's about going, honestly, I struggle with things, but I also have coping mechanisms. Mm-hmm. And I think about how do I prioritize? I think about what are my non-negotiables? And um, I think about what gives me energy, because we've talked quite a bit today about coaching. And actually, I went through a phase a while ago where I felt a bit guilty. I felt a bit guilty that I was coaching people, even though they were internal Adobe people. I was thinking, I don't get paid my job to coach people. I get paid to be a commercial director. Um, but then I reflected and thought, I'm so much more efficient and effective when I've had my, I've kind of filled my cup. I've had my mm-hmm. boost of energy mm-hmm. um, through coaching. So I think also tapping in and helping people tap into what's the thing that really gets you out of bed in the morning? That I think is really really important. So it's kind of having that whole combination of balancing parenthood, balancing work, the guilt that goes with it, um, but also going, it's okay to to want more and to want different and to do stuff that excites us and, and lights us up. So yeah, I've I'm still learning. Um, no one's got all the answers, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I'm I'm loving it at the moment sharing sharing with people as well.
0: And what's your advice to people who do feel the guilt of working full time when they've got children? Yeah. And um, so I think my biggest advice is to
1: share what you're thinking with somebody else. Um, I found it during lockdown when we were all homeschooling. And the guilt I had of literally working whilst homeschooling, running up and down the stairs, kind of trying to do everything. Um, sometimes you feel quite alone and actually the thing that i found most beneficial during that time was sharing with my friends mm. and it was amazing how your friends would come back and go oh my god i know exactly what you're feeling i did the exact same thing i'm having the same thoughts mm. so i think sharing with people is is really really important
0: mm. and do you think that um during the lockdown i think Fathers were much more involved in homeschooling as well. Do you think mm-hmm. that the balance of the workload is now starting to shift as a result of lockdown? Yeah, I
1: think so I think it's a mix in every household and every relationship. Um, I've, my husband's fantastic. It's an absolute shared piece, and his company actually asked him to write a piece, um, an article for their magazine about how his life has changed. And how he's doing more, kind of taking on more of that responsibility that before may have been a bit more kind of seen as as the mum's job. Um, so I think you know he he's an absolute rock star. Um, but I think I think every household is different. The thing that I've seen as a company with Adobe is it's not about it's not about giving mums extra days off in order to look after the kids. It's not about just think giving things for mums. It's about, no, it's for parents. Mm. And actually we've gone one step further and we have um, 20 COVID days that we can, we can take, um, which could be looking after a loved one. It could be your parents or your children, or it's it's when you need to have extra holiday because of COVID. Mm -hmm. And if you think about it, probably, 10 years ago 15 years ago they might have done it go hey if mums want some time off here you go actually it's not about mums it's not even just about parents it's about anybody because in any situation you've got um we've all got loved ones that we want to be there for Hmm. so I think I think times have definitely changed
0: and yeah and I'm and I'm wondering whether um Going back to your curiosity piece again, Mm -hmm. I'm wondering whether using curiosity helps us understand that people's situations are all different. And instead of treating everybody the same, does that does that help you as a leader understand your team better? Mm, Definitely. So we um, we
1: started at the beginning of lockdown going, how do we we all thought we were going to be home for three weeks. <laughs> and what was it 20, 20 months later mm. um so i started having regular calls with my team so every couple of weeks i have a, a team call so my team's grown so i think at the beginning of lockdown the team was about 15 and now there's 30 and it used to be a call around hey these are the priorities this is what's on my mind but actually it shifted so that now it's more about us getting to know each other and even fun things like, like, right, what's your favorite sandwich? And getting to know each other on a slightly different level. Or, you know, what have you done this week to look after your mental health? And actually mm-hmm. everybody going around the table saying what they're doing. I think having that forum where we get to know each other on a different level and we're curious and we ask questions is really, really important.
0: Mm. I know that you're also um, implementing a a new leadership program in Adobe. Mm -hmm. Do you want to tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, I will do. So it was an idea that I had,
1: probably had it a couple of years ago. And um, it was during COVID, during this time of uncertainty, of change, that I thought now's the time to actually bring it to life. And it's called, we've called it the Inspire Programme. And there are three pillars. It's inspire our people, inspire our leaders, and inspire our grads. Um, and if I think about um, the inspire our people one, because that has, I think, the, the biggest impact. And um, What we've done is we've gone out to everybody in our, in our team. So there's probably about 150, 200 people in total in it. And we've said, out of these development topics, like delegation or storytelling or leadership, out of these topics, which do you want to spend the next six months developing? And it's not being which are you really bad at that you want to get better at. It's not about <laughs> which is the one that you're really good at that you want to excel. It's going no, which is the, which is the one that you want to take time out to make a difference and to implement. Mm-hmm. And what we've done is we've asked for cohort leads. So people that have put their hand up to say, yeah, I'll lead a team. And so we split people into lots of mini subgroups of about eight people that are all passionate about learning and developing on the same topic. And I think the thing with some of these things is if it's just on me or HR to set up all the meetings and create all the content and make it happen, it's the onus is just on one person. And mm-hmm. actually for this Inspire program to go, you know, we have a vision where everybody is Excited and empowered, and wants to take responsibility and to grow, and um, that's really what we're what we're wanting. But they ha- the onus has to be on us as individuals, rather than right, who's going to be the person organising it. Mm. So we've got cohort leads. And everything and everybody's had their first kind of, I think, one or two sessions now, which is really exciting. So it's like self-learning, getting together as small groups, holding each other accountable, people finding videos to go, hey, here's a five minute video about delegation. Let's all watch this and discuss it the next time we meet. So that's yeah, really, really exciting. And I'm really glad to have got it off the ground, which is fantastic.
0: And how how are you? So you've got the three programmes, the leaders, the Mm. people and the grads. How do the three differ?
1: Yeah, so the Inspire Our People is about having different cohorts all passionate about the same thing. For Inspire Our Leaders, um, what we've done is we've picked different topics that our leadership team are presenting and sharing on. So not all of us have facilitated before. So it's actually a a new thing for us as the senior leadership team to go, right, um, I'm going to run a session on coaching. So I'm going to I'm going to do it in January. I'm going to run a session for all of our people leaders, and go right here's how you coach as a leader. We had one about um, how do you have a difficult conversation, and we're having different topics that we are. It's a two hour kind of a bit bit more intensive, um, teaching something lots of chat, lots of interaction, and then breaking out into breakouts to actually practice with each other, because I think mm. practice is really important. And mm. um, so that's our Inspire Our Leaders. And if we're in the Inspire Our Grads program, we are doing short bursts of specific topics. So we had one about time management. Uh, we've got the next one coming up about online presence. And with that, it's very much about reflection. So it's a an hour session where we get people to reflect. So with time management, it was where do you struggle at the moment with time management and literally going, right, we're going to be silent for two minutes, write stuff on your piece of paper. And then what do you think you do well for time management? What would be your top tips that you'd share? And then we had a really great conversation with everybody sharing their tips. Um, And then I gave a few tools and then people broke out again into breakouts to go, Right, what are you going to do differently off the back of this session? Mm -hmm. So each of them are slightly different, but it is really about encouraging people to be the best versions of themselves, really.
0: Mm. And who inspires you? Mm. Do you know what?
1: Right now, I would say my dad. he's um he's very poorly at the moment oh I'm sorry to hear that and thank you and I was saying to somebody earlier that um he's really positive through it he's being Mm. upbeat he's positive um and I was talking to my friend they went oh I see where you get it from now Mm. um so yeah I would say my dad inspires me
0: Tara it's been fantastic to talk to you thank you so much for your time Thank you, it's been a pleasure. Tara's so inspirational, isn't she? Her energy appears to be boundless and she seems to have worked out how to focus on what's critical so she can achieve many things without burning herself out. I also like the fact that the leadership programme she's implemented in Adobe doesn't require one person to do everything. She's spreading the load by including everyone and it enables leaders to collaborate, think creatively as well as be empowered to shape things? How do you empower your team to be a part of the solution, both the design and the implementation of that solution? And how could you take more pressure off yourself by not having all the answers? I hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as I enjoyed having the conversation. Please share it with someone else so we can collectively inspire each other to rethink leadership in the world. If you'd like more ideas on how to lead through uncertainty, you can download a report on uncertainty from www.leadwithjude.com. That's it for this week. I was your host, Jude Jennison, founder of Leaders by Nature, challenging the status quo of leadership. Find out more at www.judejennison.com. Until next week, keep leading and I'll be back soon with another interview on Rethinking Leadership.